at One Day University. We feature hundreds of top-rated professors from Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, and other schools across the world to explore history, music, politics, art, science, and much more. Every Wednesday, our weekly scholar newsletter includes five fascinating short video clips of our most notable professors discussing a brand new topic, plus special reports and topical debates as well. Sign up for free at OneDayU.com. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen. So today's episode is going to be on physical education and what, how it's dealt with specifically as far as disabled students in public school. Again, public school is what I'm familiar with, so um, that's what I know the most about. I don't know if private schools are different, Um, so we'll go with what I know and try and expand from there. So before we get started, I'd like to remind everybody that this show is on Thursdays at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, If you have any questions for me, my email address is Erica H, Erica with a K, H as in Harry, at newheightseducation.org. I also am on Zoom. If you'd like to talk to me on Zoom, it's 1-646-558-8656. That's a United States number through New York. So if you have, if you're out of, out of state or out of country, your long distance charges may apply. Um, our meeting ID for Zoom is 465-172-882. This show is live, so um, you can chat with me live if you'd like to. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, and also regarding my email address, I'm always open to new topics that people would like me to discuss. Um, please shoot me an email if you have something that you think I haven't covered and would like to hear about it on the show. So today's topic, like I mentioned, is um, being inclusive as far as physical education, PE, is concerned. Um, What made me think of this topic was it, it reminded me of physical education when I was a child. Um, For those that are just joining us, I have cerebral palsy and a few other things um, which do classify me as disabled. Um, So 
you know, I I had these experiences as a child, you know, as a disabled child and how that affected me in school um, and frankly still affects me today. Um, as a child, I dreaded physical education. I hated it. Um, it was the class that I look forward to the least um, after math. <laughs> I'm no good at math. Um, it's, it was my worst class in, in school, um, bar none. And it was because of my disabilities. I couldn't keep up with the other children. Um, and I couldn't do many of the activities or exercises that my peers could do. Um, and it marked me as different. It made me stand out and not in a good way. Um, so it was extremely uncomfortable um, to be sitting on the sidelines when your your classmates are, you know, running, running, you know, doing laps or, um, you know, climbing a rope or other things. Um, dodgeball was was you know popular back when I was in PE and I hated dodgeball very, very much. I always ended up being the one who got targeted because I could not move out of the way fast enough. So I was easy to score points off of. Um, so, you know, um, later on schools, schools did take a different approach and, you know, I think they meant well, but I, I question whether or not it was an improvement. Um, in some ways it was, in some ways it wasn't. Um, I was pulled out of classes, a PE class, and put into a different physical education class that was um, geared toward disabled children only. Um, and you'd think this would be a good thing, and it was in some regards. Um, there were a few things I could do better, um, but keep in mind, um, even within those classes, disabled, you know, that are geared toward disabled kids, every person who is disabled is disabled differently. There are no two disabled people that have the same disability, have the same ways of dealing with their disability. And so... I would be able to do some more things than some children. For example, you know, a child that was in a wheelchair, um, certainly I could do certain things um, that they could not um, versus somebody who has good hand-eye coordination but maybe has um, a learning disability or a cognitive disability. Um, I my hand-eye coordination is not good. You do not want to see me throw a ball. Um, but you know, as far as just general um, interactions and being able to pick up instructions, I can do that pretty well. So you know, you have different levels of people who you know are they're differently skilled. I'll put I'll say. And I don't think the schools really took that into account. Um, so, you know, even those classes could be awkward. Um, and there were still some activities that students were excluded from. 
Um, so I thought about this and I wondered what if anything had changed from then to now. Um, what are schools doing today um, to accommodate disabled students? I was really curious to know. And what have we learned about disabled children and physical activity since I was in school? Um, and so today's episode is all about talking about that and what has or hasn't changed and perhaps what needs improvement. Um, so I'm going to get right in. I'm going to get into it, but first I'm going to take a quick break for some announcements from NHEG and or New Heights Educational Group. And we will come back with part two of our episode on physical education. There is a lot of exciting happenings here at New Arts Educational Group. And here are your announcements for the month of April 2021. Happy birthday to Ariana Penzo, April 2nd. Arlen Yu, April 7th. Greg Clark, April 9th. Benjamin Clark, April 12th. Sapna Shukla, April 16th. Kerry Bushop, April 19th. Joy T. Agar, April 24th. Sarika Gaba, April 29th. An happy anniversary to the following people. Chin Mei Avin, April 3rd. Mingui Chong, April 14th. Chad Stewart, April 16th. John Atkin, April 30th. A special thank you to Friend Winer for donating nine photographs on canvas pictures for NHEG walls. We will treasure this always. New Heights Educational Group and Pamela Clark are now ambassadors of the American Business Awards. A special thank you to Silicon Valley High School for their continued sponsorship of this radio show. New Heights Educational Group has announced new affiliations with ABC Mouse and Gamefly. ABC Mouse, Reading IQ, and Adventure Academy offers a step-by-step learning path with 10 levels, over 850 lessons, and more than 10,000 individual learning activities. Learn more at abcmouse.com. Gamefly has been the leader for renting the best video games through the mail to gamers in the U.S. for the last 18 years. NHEG will earn commission on each new user that signs up for the free trial or one of the prepaid plans that start at $9.5 per month. Gamefly offers over 8,000 titles for PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, and other consoles. There is no better way for gamers to make the most of their new system by using Gamefly. Learn more at www.gamefly.com. New height Educational Group Executive Director Pamela Clark stated, We are always looking for ways to grow offerings and bring opportunities to the public. These are two great examples. We look forward to a lasting affiliation with these organizations. To learn more about NHEG, visit www.newheighteducation.org. NHEG announces a new partnership with Natural Born Leaders, which includes their Active Learning Starter Program and its Teacher Support Online Training Program. Visit preschool.naturalbornleaders.thinkific.com slash courses slash active learning booster for a full information on the content and instant access to free model with free video training materials. The ambassador program and partners and affiliations provide funds to NHEG when someone places another. Thank you for the continued support of all state insurance and all those that donated through our Facebook fundraiser. We couldn't accomplish what we do without you. Do have a great month. 
Welcome back to the New Heights Show on education. And we are talking about <clears throat> the accommodations that are provided in physical education in um, public schools and how that's changed or not changed, what they could do better, that sort of thing. Um, I talked a little bit about my history with physical education in schools and now I would uh, like to go on and talk about what um, what schools are trying to do um, to integrate disabled students more fully into a regular physical education class. Um, and toward that end, I'd like to talk about inclusivity. Um, Lately, I feel personally that it's become somewhat of a buzzword to say, you know, what is inclusivity? What, you know, are you inclusive enough? Um, <clears throat> and, you know, so I use the term reluctantly, I guess. But that being said, um, I do think more is being done in physical education community to meet the needs of a disabled child. Um, but first I want to talk about what inclusivity does actually mean, um, especially in the context of physical education. Um, the quote I'm going to give you, um, it comes from the National Center of Health, Physical Activity and Disability. Um, that link will be in the show notes, um, as well as a couple of others having to do with the research into the topic. Uh, but according to the National Center of Health, Physical Activity and Disability, um, inclusiveness is, um, quote, all children, regardless of ability or disability, have the right to be respected and appreciated as valuable members of the school community fully participate in all school activities and interact with peers of all ability levels with opportunities to develop friendships." Unquote. Um, so basically, for them, that means that PE classes must accommodate disabled children in a regular education curriculum, in a regular education setting, rather than pulling them out and putting them in a special you know, disabled person only uh, physical education class. Um, and that teachers must explore strategies for teaching a disabled student that requires training um, <clears throat> and, you know, thinking up strategies for helping a disabled student in a PE class. Also, it requires um, the school to adapt activities uh, to serve the needs of the disabled um, children. Um, <clears throat> let's see, uh, what would be a good one? Uh, of course, the standard ramps and gyms, you know, um, that sort of thing. But it goes further in that the accommodations must help the disabled child do the activities that you would expect a normal child to do. Excuse me, I, a non-disabled or able-bodied child to do. Um, 
<clears throat> so environments such as the gyms, as I mentioned, must be disabled, friendly, and accessible. And Get ready for the smartest bundle in streaming. Six streaming services for the intellectually curious. Featuring Curiosity Stream with the best collection of documentary films and TV shows. Psalm TV and great stories from the world of wine. Taste Made for the fun side of food and travel. Topic with the best thrillers and crime stories. And so much more. From nature to history, technology to food, mystery to adventure. Get six streaming services for one low price. At less than $6 a month, it's the best deal in streaming. Learn more and sign up now at smartbundle.com is easy to use. Um, disabled students should be encouraged to have the same or a similar experience to their able-bodied peers. Um, this includes children who participate in school oh excuse me in school sponsored clubs or sports which I'll talk a little bit about that later. Um, but basically you should modify the class to be accessible to everybody, not just the um, typical able-bodied student, um, and make the experience as normalized for a disabled student as possible. Um, now, that's not always going to be possible. Um, it's just not. Um, <clears throat> again, there are some things physically that I cannot do. Um, or... I would not be able to do, let's say, at the pace of a able-bodied student. That's just the way it is. But um, teachers and schools should try to get as close as possible so the student does not feel awkward and left out. Um <clears throat> So I'm going to take another break for a short, um, a short announcement from our sponsor, Silicon Valley High School, and I'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest-growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully-accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each, or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. Once again, I am your host, Erica Hansen, and we are discussing physical education and how it has improved or not improved over the years. Um, <clears throat> As I mentioned in the first couple segments, my experience is with physical uh, is with public education. So when I talk about schooling, that's primarily what I'm talking about. Um, if anybody has a different experience and would like to talk about it or provide some insight, uh, please give me an, uh, shoot me an email, uh, Erica H at newheightseducation.org. I'd love to hear from you. Um, so, going, uh, going forward, so according to the CDC, um, inclusion and awareness of children with disabilities, um, inclusion and awareness of children with disabilities regarding PE programs, it has improved. 
Um, many schools are including more accommodations for physical activities into a child's IEP. 97% um, of schools have integrated disabled students into mainstream physical education classes, and 91% are providing adaptive equipment to their students. Uh, all of these things are good. Um, I would note, however, 91% for me on this last item, providing an adaptive environment, um, seems to be a steep drop when compared to the other metrics that I just mentioned, the 97%, um, you know, in uh, mainstream integration. Um, and I think that, in my opinion, it, that's something that needs to be worked on so that we can have a higher percentage of um, schools that are actively adapting equipment for disabled students in physical education. There is still a long way to go and more research is being done every day on this. Um, I would refer you to um, <clears throat> the site I mentioned before, the National Center of Health, Physical Activity and Disability. It's a great site um, and it'll be able to talk about this further. So, among schools with disabled students, 62% require a disabled student to participate in physical education. Um, however, of those same schools, 52% 52, 52 exempt those students with long-term physical or medical disabilities. Now, I, it, and that's in quotes, that's from the CDC. Um, I don't know what those standards are. Um, I'm sure they differ between school districts um, and states. Um, I will say that there probably are students that do need to be exempt from physical education for one reason or another. Um, but this, this definition seems a bit broad to me. Um, physical or medical disabilities. I, I mean, what's a medical disability? I, again, that seems very broad and you could fit pretty much any disability into a quote-unquote medical disability category. Um, but in any case, um, it is important to recognize the barriers that disabled children face um, when trying to lead a healthier, more active lifestyle. Um, there's quite a few. Um, I'm going to just list a range here. Uh, lack of community support and inaccessible facilities or resources. Um, for example, if you have a community pool, but your community pool is inaccessible, it doesn't have ramps, it doesn't have um, railings, it doesn't have that sort of thing. Um, Lack of transportation. Um, this is especially important if a student participates in an after-school activity or sport. Um, for example, track. You know, uh, you know, school teams go to track meets all over the place all the time. And if the child does not have adequate transportation that can meet their needs, 
um, then often they can be left felt left out of that sport. Um, lack of information regarding physical health. Um, this can be a part of the family as well. Um, and go into lack of family support, which is another issue. Um, <clears throat> you can't be aware of what you don't know until you know you don't know it, basically. Um, and health information generally is is not well communicated to the public in the United States. I find, again, that's my own opinion. Um, and I think that schools especially um, could do a better job in informing their students. Excuse me again. Informing their students, not just the disabled ones, about you know health, what is a healthy lifestyle, that sort of thing. Um, in order to be successful, um, schools must consider all of these things when developing a physical education program. Um, in addition to obvious things such as accommodations and adaptive environments. Um, again, disabled students are students. They, they come to learn just like everybody else. So if you think about disability and physical education especially, don't just look at the adaptive equipment or something like that. It's, it's, it's necessary, but think about how the disabled person interacts, how, how they feel, how, you know, look at the larger picture is what I'm saying. Um, it's also important for teachers to remember, remember that each child is unique um, and it has a, has a unique disability. I spoke about this a little bit earlier in the first part of the show. Um, in this case, one size does not fit all. It, it just doesn't work. It doesn't. Um, it can be difficult for educator educators as some classes can hold up to 30 students at a time and disabled students can um, need extra attention or um, extra time, that sort of thing. Um, so having a PE class or something like that that has 20 to 30 students um, it means that the disabled student can fall through the cracks or, um, you know, often be forgotten when the instructor is paying attention to, you know, uh, ten, you know, more 90% able-bodied student pretty much, you know, in their classroom. Um, even with the most well-meaning of teachers, it happens, you know, um, it, 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 it's a systemic problem having to do with class sizes and um, access to resources and materials and equipment, and that's a larger discussion um, that I, I don't have um, the resources right now to go into, but keep in mind that because of this, because of the lack of resources and the over overwhelming, you know, um, population of students that a that a educator has to educate um, in one classroom, disabled kids are usually the ones that are hurt the most from that. Whether it be 
a physical disability this person has or an intellectual disability or, you know, behavioral issues. It's often those children that fall through the cracks and they really, really need extra help. Um, so that's something that still needs to be worked on in, in the physical education community. Um, as I mentioned, the facilities and equipment often is not available for teachers to give to their disabled uh, students, um, especially in more financially strapped schools. You know, you can only do so much with the money you have. Um, disabled students um, often require, you know, what I call extra, you know, extra time, extra instruction, and extra attention. Um, it's not to say that disabled students, they can't or shouldn't participate with their able-bodied peers. It simply means that a physical education course um, must take the needs of all students into consideration, like I mentioned. Um, it's a problem that, unfortunately, we won't be able to solve on a 30-minute podcast, as I mentioned again. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to take another quick break so we can hear from NHEG, and I'll be back with you to close up this episode. Hello, listeners. If you're enjoying the New Heights show on education and want to support or donate to our organization, please visit www.newheightseducation.org. And while you're there, check out our online store at new-heights-educational-group.myshopify.com. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. I hope you've enjoyed this episode on disabled students and physical education. Um, just to add a couple more things uh, before we close out today's show. Um, you know, if disabled students aren't able to get the physical interaction they need, um, families may have to look into alternate programming, um, you know, and not just rely on the school. Um, for a child's physical education, um, after school club, after school uh, clubs and events, may be a good idea whether they're sponsored by a child's school or not. Um, <clears throat> disabled students may find success in a smaller group or gatherings, so putting them in, let's say, a martial arts class that has a total of 10 students versus, you know, a 20 student PE class, um, that may be more beneficial for a child. Um, due to these unique challenges, um, community groups and associations, they may have to step in to fill the gap. You know, uh, there should be more outside services, um, available to disabled students uh, from the community, from their community, not just um, from their school district. District. Um, I hope you enjoyed today's topic. I had a lot of fun um, researching this, and I will see you next week. Have a great week, everybody. I'll see you next Thursday. We hope you enjoyed today's show. 
Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings. Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels.